ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೋಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ನಮ ಶ್ರೀಶಂಕರಂದ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ ಅದ್ವೈತಾನಂದ ಪ್ರಕರಣ ಇಸ್ ಇ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ವೇರ್ ದಿ ಆಥರ್ ಶೋಸ್ ಹೌ ಆನಂದ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ನೇಚರ್ ಆಫ್ ಆನಂದ ಐಸ್ ಅದ್ವಿತೀಯಂ ಇಸ್ ನಾನ್ ಡ್ಯೂವಲ್ and that is possible only when brahma is a material cause if brahma or god were merely the efficient cause meaning that the creator and the creation were separate from each other then certainly there would be duality the non duality is possible only when the creator also is the material cause that's the whole idea that dvitiyatmo the non duality can be shown only when brahman is both nimitta and upadana karana meaning it is both the maker and and the product the creator as well as the creation <coughs> and that's the point that is being made here then in order to explain what kind of upadanam or material cause brahma is the author introduces this prevalent view that the material cause or cause is looked upon in three ways upadha upadanam tridha bhinnam that upadanam or the material cause is is of three kinds vivarti parinami cha arambhakam cha vivarti upadana karanam parinami upadana karanam arambhaka upadana karanam what is arambha arambha means the beginning or the commencement so seventh verse said arambhavadinonyasmad anyasyotpatti muchire so this arambhavadinah the people who say that the cause of the creation is the arambhopadana karanam meaning the creation has a beginning so they say that any creation has a beginning so when a part comes into being a non existent part comes into existence a part that was non existent in clay comes into existence this is what they say and therefore wherever any creation is they say that the creation always is something new meaning that something that was non existent in the cause comes into being so whether they look upon the creation of a of part from the clay or from cloth or creation of a cloth from the yarn whichever way tantoho patasya nishpattehe so this as we said yesterday is called asatkaryavada that karya or the effect is asat non existent in the cause tantoho patasya nishpattehe how patta or the cloth is created from tantu or the yarn or the thread bhinnau tantu patau khalu they say that the cloth and the thread are indeed two separate entities 
Cloth is not thread and thread is not cloth. Why is it so? Because Viruddha Parinamatvat, Viruddhartha Kriyavatvacha. Number one, as we said yesterday, if cloth and the thread both were one, then just as the thread gives rise to the cloth, the cloth also should give rise to the cloth. It doesn't happen. And secondly, the thread has one kind of use, cloth has a different kind of use. Thread can be used in making cloth or rope, etc., whereas a cloth is used for covering the body, protecting the body, and therefore, arthakriya karitvam, even their usefulness also is different. And what they, what they produce or they are, they, what they are cause of, that is also different. And therefore, cloth is not part, part is not cloth. This total pragmatic viewpoint. How do you, how do you uh, understand the reality of a thing from its usefulness? How useful a thing is, or what is its use? That is how we determine the reality of a thing. All the Nyayikas do. So according to them, the flower is real, the water is real, the table is real, because all of them serve a purpose. Only mirage water we call unreal by them, because it does not serve a purpose. So anything that serves a purpose is called real by them. And accordingly, to them, cloth is real. If cloth is real, that means it is an independent entity. So cotton also is real, and cloth also is real. A real cloth has come into being. If cloth is real, then it has to be independent. Independent, its, its reality must be independent. So they say that a non-existent cloth comes into being. This is called Arambhavada. So these Vaisheshikas, they say that the universe is a product of the five atoms. So they are the atomic scientists that space, air, fire, water and earth these five atoms, they are the cause of this creation. <coughs> now, what is the Parinama? Parinami, the Sankhya, they are called Parinama Vadinaha. They are called Satkarya Vadinaha. They say that the effect is there in the cause. So they do not say that a new effect is created. They say that the effect is potentially there in the cause. Like the part is potentially there in the clay. Then the, then the Vaisheshika asks, if the part is already in the clay, then what's the need for you to do all this, make an effort on the part of the part maker to, to create the part? If the part is already in the clay, what's the need of that effort? So since an effort is needed, we say the part which was not there comes into being. That's how the Vaisheshikas justify saying that a non-existent part has come into existence. So what do the Sankhya say? The Satkarya Vadinaha. Those people who say that the effect was potentially there in the cause, what do they say? Says so not that, so effort of the part maker is not in terms of bringing into existence a non-existent part, but the effort of the part maker is bringing into manifestation an unmanifest part. So they say that creation is from unmanifest to the manifest and not from non-existent to the existence. So there is a lot of difference. The Vaisheshika say the creation is from non-existence to existence, whereas the Sankhya say that creation is from unmanifest to manifest. So how do you look upon the effort of a part maker? What exactly does a part maker do? One people, one set of people say that part maker brings into existence a non-existent part. The other people say the part maker brings into manifestation an unmanifest part. So part was there in the unmanifest state. Vedantins also accept this viewpoint of Satkaryavada, meaning the potential existence of the effect in the cause, as far as the Vyavaharik Satta is concerned. 
For Sankhyas, this is Paramadhi Sattva. For Sankhyas, the world is reality. The effect is reality. That we don't accept. But as far as the our Vyavahara is concerned, we do accept the Satkaryavada, meaning that the effect is potentially there in the cause. Shiram Dadhisyat, Vrut Kumbhasyat, Suvaranam Kundalam Yithasyat. Just as the milk becomes the curd, gets transformed into curd. So, when a substance gives up its previous state and attains a new state, that is called the Parinama. Thus, milk gives it its previous state of milkness and attains a new state of curdness. So, we say that milk has undergone a transformation in the form of curd. Murutkumbaha, the clay becomes a part, the clay lump is, is transformed into a part. Suvaranam kundalam yatha, or, or gold becomes ornament. So, this is the example of Parinamavada. <coughs> Parinama upa, Parinam upadana karanam. Then in the ninth verse, the example of Vivardhopadana Karanam is given. So Sankhya say that wherever creation is, there is always the cause undergoing a transformation to become the effect. The Vaisheshikas will say wherever the creation is, always the non-existence effect, non-existent effect comes into existence. Sankhya will say an unmanifest effect comes into manifestation. What will the Vedantins say? Vedantins will say that the cause only appears as an effect. This is how the Vedantins will say. Avasthantar bhanam du vivarto rajju sarpavata. Stu purva avastham aparityajjeva avasthantar bhanam vivartaha. So Vedantins talk about a third kind of a material cause or a third explanation of the creation. These three are really explanations of the process of creation. So explanation of Vaisheshikas, explanation of the Sankhyas, Explanation of Vedantin is what? That a cause doesn't undergo any change or neither a non-existent effect comes into existence nor does a cause undergo a real change. We say that the cause appears as an effect. Purvam avastham aparityajya There is substance without really giving up its previous state. Avasthantar bhanam vivartaha That it in fact Assume, appears to assume a new state. <coughs> Where do you find it? Rajju Sarpavata. Yatha Rajjivatmana avastirasseva dravyasya sarpatmana avabhasanam vivartaha. Just as a substance that previously obtained in the state of being a rope appears to be a snake. So thus that substance in the rope without giving up its nature of ropeness appears as a snake. So this one thing appearing as something else is called vivarta. <coughs> now, even if we accept those fellows, suppose we accept the Vaisheshikas, that in some cases it is a non-existent effect that comes into existence. And we accept the Sankhyas also that in the creation the substance undergoes the transformation to become the effect. Suppose we accept both of these standpoints, then also we say that as far as Brahma is concerned, none of these explanations would be acceptable or would be applicable. <coughs> but before that, so says Nanu Vivartamanasya Rajvadehe Sam Shatvadarshanat Niramsya Sopina Ghadadidhyashankya It's all right. See the example that you gave was that of as far as the example of Vivartopadhanakaran is concerned, the example that you gave is the one of Raju and Sarpa, the rope and the snake. All right. 
the rope appearing as a snake. But that's okay. Understand the rope is a composite entity, meaning rope is made up of so many parts. It is made up of strands. And strand is again a composite entity. It is made up of cotton, again a composite entity, made up of fibers, again a composite entity, made up of molecules. In short, the examples that you are giving of a substance appearing something else like a rope appearing as a snake is an example of a substance that is composite, is called savayava, having parts, meaning being a composite entity. But can you, however, that means that that which is a, a, a composite entity alone can become the cause, vivarta upadana karanam, it can become the cause in the form of vivarta. But niramse, is suppose there is some substance that is partless. Is it possible for the superimposition to take place on something that is partless or formless? See, you are giving example of, see, ultimately we want to show how the whole creation is a superimposition upon Brahma. But what's the nature of Brahma? Brahma is a homogeneous partless principle. And therefore, the examples that you are giving are all examples of entities which are composite entities. Like superimposition of snake upon the rope or superimposition of silver upon the mother of pearl and what not. But the rope also is a composite entity, that mother of pearl also is a composite entity. But Brahman, on the other hand, is nirvaiva, meaning it is partless. And therefore, how can these examples be applicable to Brahman? Just because you prove the superimposition. So we say that all creation is projection of superimposition. But you are proving superimposition in case of entities that are composite. You cannot extend that same argument to Brahman which is not composite, which is partless. So, can you give an example of the superimposition taking place in something that is formless or partless? Says, Niravayave Gaganadavapi Taddashanatmayavam. So, Vedantins give this example always of yes, superimposition can take place even on a substratum that is formless or partless. And where do you find it? Space. So they always give the example of space. So the second line of the verse is Niramse Pyastyasau Niramse Pyastyasau Vyomni Talamalinya Kalpanat Asau Niramse Vyomni Abhyasti Asau Vivartaha This superimposition is also found in Vyoma. Vyoman meaning the space. And what is space is formless. Space doesn't have any form. Space is not a composite entity. It is partless or formless entity. And in space also we find superimposition taking place. In short, even though if you are not, if you are not satisfied with the example of rope, because the rope is a composite entity, now we are giving an example of space, which is a formless or a partless entity. And even space can also become substratum for superimposition. Asau vivartaha vyomni talatvam Adhomukhendra Nilakataha Tulyatvam Malinyam Nilavaranata Tayoho Kalpanad Talamalinya Kalpanad Some people feel that space has a shape. See when you look at the sky, sky really is, is formless. And see how do we feel? That the sky meets the earth. So there is a horizon where the sky is meeting the earth. So earth has a surface and sky also has a surface. So to us, the sky appears to be 
ha- to have a surface. In fact, sky is formless. It, it cannot have a surface. And still we find, tala, talam means what? Tala means a surface. Adho mukhendra neela katahatulyatvam It's like a great big frying pan. An inverted frying pan, imagine. So kataha, kataha means a frying pan, a huge inverted frying pan. A huge inverted blue frying pan, that is how the form of the space looks. So people, the people who do not know, so akasha sarva anabhignehi aropyamanatvat. People who do not know the nature of space, they believe that space really has a shape like this, which is like an inverted frying pan. Or malinyam. Some people believe that space is colored. So they believe that space has blue color. And thus, that idea of the color also is superimposed upon space. And space is what? Formless. Space is partless. So see, space is an example where the substratum is formless or partless. So substratum of superimposition is formless. Space is an example. So that example can be extended to Brahman, which is also formless. So the... That's why it says here that we have even an example or illustration of how superimposition takes place upon even a partless entity such as space. Nila Varanada Tayoho Kalpana Akasha Surva Anavignahi Aropyamanatva Aditya As people who are unaware of the nature of the space, they think or they superimpose a, the space having a particular form or a surface and space having color. The space which is partless or formless becomes substratum for superimposition of ideas of a shape or a color. <coughs> and so, what is the result of this discussion? The tenth verse says, Tato niramsha anande Tato niramsha anande Vivarto Jagadishyadam, Vivarto Jagadishyadam, Maya Shakti Kalpikasyad, Maya Shakti Kalpikasyad, Aindra Jalika Shakti Vada, Aindra Jalika Shakti Vada. Tataha Niramshi Anande Vivartaha Jagadishyadam. Tataha since we have shown that how vivarta or superimposition is possible on an entity like space which is niramsha or partless or formless so we say that niramsha anande vivartaha ishyatam we say that ananda or brahman which is partless or formless vivartaha kalpitaha iti angikarya mityarthaha so we would accept that superimposition of this jagat or the universe is possible upon Brahma that is partless or formless. The thing is that as far as the Parinama is concerned, as far as the transformation is concerned, transformation can only take place in an entity which is composite. Space cannot get transformed into anything because when can transformation happen? For example, when can milk undergo a transformation into curd? When milk, as we said yesterday, is made up of different components, like molecules. And those molecules get transformed into some other kinds of molecules because of the bacterial action and that's how we have what we call curd. So if this, so milk being composite entity can get transformed into another entity and thus parinama is possible only in a composite entity. 
How about uh, Aramha? Aramha meaning creation of such thing as pot or a cloth, even that is also possible in clay or, or cotton, which are also composite entities. So, Parinama or an Aramha are not possible in case of an entity that is partless. Whereas Vivarta superimposition is possible in even in case of an entity that is partless. So we say that Brahman that is partless or formless may be accepted as the substratum for the superimposition of this whole creation. <coughs> Niramse, so Vivarta Samavad, Jagada, Niramse, Anande, Vivartaha, Kalpitaha, Yangikari, Mityartaha, and so we have to accept that this creation is superimposed upon Brahman or Ananda which is niramsha or partless. Okay, so that is done. That's how we prove or we show how the the Brahman is advitiya, meaning non-dual. This is the whole point of the sixth chapter of Chandogya Upanishad. The the, uh, proposition there is how everything can be known by knowing one. This is how Uddhalaka, the father, asked his son Shvetaketu. When Shvetaketu returned from his teacher's home and was graduate and very proud of his knowledge and now his father was, you know, I mean, he thought that his father doesn't know anything, you know, and so he's very, he was very proud of his own knowledge and learning. So did not even properly respect his father. So father noticed this and called him says, son, looks like you are very proud and you are very arrogant, you can't even bend down. Looks like you must have some one, one important, wonderful knowledge. Uttadam adesham aprakshi Say, did you ask your teacher of that instruction? Yena ashrutam shrutam bhavati amadam madam avignyadam vignyadam iti So, I am sure that you know something wonderful because of which you are so proud. Did you ask of your teacher instruction of that knowledge, knowing which everything becomes as well, hearing which everything as well becomes heard, reflecting on which everything becomes reflected, knowing which everything becomes known. Surely you must be knowing that. The reason, that's why you seem to be very proud. Then Svetika says, what is that thing? This I never knew. I, I don't know. My teacher has not taught me that. I don't think my teacher knew that. He was now afraid that his father will send him back to school, you know, because he has not learned this. And therefore, immediately he, he made, you know, he uh, gave a justification of why he did not know that. Because my teacher has not taught me, and he would have taught me if he knew me, knew it also. So I don't think that my teacher, teacher also knows that. And then he requests his father, then will you please teach me? How can it be that knowing one thing, everything can also become known? Then the teacher gives the example. Just by knowing one clod of earth, how everything that is made of earth is as well known. Or by knowing one particle of gold, how everything made of gold is as well known. Or by knowing one particle of iron, how everything made of iron also is known. So, there are examples of iron, you know. So, what is the age of the Vedas? That's why they say the Vedas have only come after the iron age, you know, because of illustrations of iron there, you know, and things like that. So, it's very interesting way of uh, fixing of the age, you know, of different scriptures. And so the pratigna or the promise, the proposition in Chandogya Upanishad is, by knowing one thing, 
everything as well becomes known. And how can it be? Only when there is one entity. Only when one entity alone appears as many, then alone by knowing one that will know everything. And that's how that one entity is Brahman, and that alone appears as the whole universe. And therefore, knowing Brahman, you will know everything. So this is how the whole theme is developed in the sixth chapter of the Upanishad. <coughs> so, the reason why it is shown here, or the reason why this whole point is made, that how the creation is a superimposition upon Brahma, is to show that it is Mithya, and Brahma is Satyam, is to prove the non-duality of Brahma. So that by knowing Brahman the cause, everything that is in effect is as well known. Okay, Svadvityatvam, or the non-duality of Brahman, has been shown. Now the next question arises. Moment you try to prove one thing, then some other questions will arise. Nanu Advitiye Anande Jagat Kalpanam Anupapannam Kalpana Hetaho Abhavad Moment you say that Brahman is one without a second, there is nothing but Brahman, there is God alone, all that God alone is, then question is, if Brahman is one without a second before the creation, how does the creation come about? Who brings about the creation? For superimposition, something is required. If there is a rope, you require someone other than rope in order to superimpose a snake upon the rope. Or there must be some kind of inherent power in the rope, something must be there by which this snake is projected. Who is there? Even the Brahman alone is there. Who will project this Jagat? So when there is all that is Brahman, which is not one without a second, that's all there is, then how do you explain the projection of this world or universe on Brahman? Nanu advitiye anande jagat kalpanam anupannam That this projection of the creation in Brahman that is non-dual is not tenable. Kalpana hetoho abhavad Because there is nothing that actually will bring about this projection. Iti So this question is answered in the second line of the verse. Maya shakti kalpikasyad Aindrajalika Shaktivata. Maya Shaktihi Kalpikasyat. We say that Maya Shaktihi. It is a power called Maya, which is Kalpika, which is the projectress, you know, the creatress or the projectress, whatever you call it. So, it is Maya Shakti or the power called Maya is that which is agent of this superimposition. Shaktehi kalpakatvam kvadrishtam. Where do you find that the shakti of the power is able to project? That this power has, the shakti of the power can become the agent of projection. Where did you find that? Aindrajalika shaktivada. So indrajala, indrajala means maya or the magic. Aindrajalika means a magician. Aindrajalika shaktivata. Like the power of a magician. So how the power inherent in a magician actually, it actually brings about a projection of variety of things. Yatha aindrajalika nishthayaha mani mantrad rupayaha mayayaha shaktehe See the magicians, how do they do these things? They have some power. Mani mantrad rupayaha shaktehe Either there is some power of money, meaning they have some magical stones like chandrakanta money. So, or Mani means a precious stone. And so Chandrakanta Mani is supposed to be money which can bring about, uh, you know, which can bring about some effects. Like it will obstruct the power of fire and things like that. So there are certain money 
And sort of mantras are there, sort of incantations are there, which have the power to create things. So perhaps the magicians have this kind of power of some mantras or some other things they have because of which they are able to create things. In fact, Swami Vivekananda once was describing in his lecture that he experienced, I mean, he met many people having a wonderful variety of powers. He says, once he, he was traveling in India those days and he went to Hyderabad and then he heard of a Pandit who was very learned and who was known to have some unusual powers to create things. So he says, all right, we went to see this Pandit and requested him to show his powers. This man was suffering from fever. Anyway, after a couple of days he called them and he had almost recovered from the fever. And so then he was sitting in one place and asked them to cover him with a bed sheet. Okay. Then he says, all right, now ask of anything that you want. Whatever fruits you want, you ask of. So these people ask for various fruits, like mango and all kinds of fruits and many other fruits which never grow in that region. And this Brahmin produced all kinds of juicy, fresh fruits, you know, from under his uh, bed sheet and in plenty of quantities, not just one or two. Then they asked for different flowers and he brought all, all flowers, fresh, fresh roses, you know, with the honeydews on them, you know, also that kind of fresh roses and these flowers also he produced. He's not merely for the show. He said, you can eat that fruit. These fellows were somewhat reluctant. He said, don't worry. He started eating the mango. These people also ate the mango and it was real mango I and mean, they could eat it. So all kinds of powers are there. In Calcutta, he says, we went to some other people. So uh, here we went to this man and this man gave them a, a piece of paper and says, you write something. And uh, they wrote, each one of them wrote things in different languages. Some Vivekananda wrote something in Sanskrit and somebody wrote in Arabic, somebody wrote in Persian. None of these languages this person knew and still he could tell them exactly what they had written in those pieces of paper. And in fact, he, he later on asked them, all right, you, uh, then he himself wrote something. No, yeah, it's like this. He wrote something in the papers. He folded and gave to all of them. Okay? And then after ten minutes, it's all right, each of you think of a sentence in whichever language you want. So they thought of a sentence. He says, now you open your papers. They opened the papers and found that same sentence was written in Arabic, in, 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 in Sanskrit, in Persian, all these languages. So all, they were all flabbergasted, you know. So all kinds of powers people seem to possess. And these powers may be there because of certain upasanas, because of certain meditations and whatever. And by the powers you get due to either powers of the mind, powers of some mantra. Because in the scriptures we find, in Indian scriptures, all kinds of weapons, all kinds of missiles, the Agni, all kinds of Shastra missiles are there and they were all supposed to be powers of mantra. Anyway, Yatha Aindrajalaganishthayaha Mani Mantra Adirupayaha Mayayaha Shaktehe Because of the Shakti of the power of the nature of either Mani, meaning a jewel, or Mantra, meaning incantations, so powers residing in the magicians in the form of Mani of the Mantra, how that power brings about Gandharva Nagaradikalpakatvam how that brings about the Gandharvanagar. He can create before you a city and that may look to you like a real city. And so how the, the power, the magic, power of magic 
or power of mantra or the money inherent in a magician, how that power creates like Gandharvanagara, a, a magical city. Similarly also, this power called Maya brings about this whole universe. That's the reason why the word, the, the word Maya is used. Maya really means magic. And how magician brings into existence things that is not there at all. At least it brings into appearance something which is not there at all. And so similar also is the creation which is appearance of something which is not substantially there. <coughs> so now, in order to explain the superimposition, they bring in the concept of Maya. We have already told you what is Maya is, a concept that is introduced in order to explain things, that's all. Not that Vedanta is any law for Maya or things like that. But the point is, that once you explain and understand, that at least you will be free from the botheration and you will do what is to be done. And that's the only purpose of this Maya. Not to give it any reality, but to be able to explain what we are experiencing. I told you the other day the story of the 18th elephant. So how the 18th elephant was introduced to solve the problem. Like this rich man, when he died, he left lots of property, which was all divided among the three of his sons. And among properties, he also had an elephant's table, where he had elephants, which also he said that these two sons should divide. The eldest son, son should get one half of the number of elephants. The second son should get one third of all the elephants. And the third son should get one ninth of all the elephants. So when they go and count the elephants, they find 17 elephants. And how can seven, how can 17 be divided like one half and one third and one ninth? They were all puzzled. So in the meantime, when they were wondering what to do about it, how our father was so intelligent, how can he make such a mistake? They couldn't understand. So in the meantime, they found that the minister of that town was passing by on his elephant and he asked his boys, what's happening? What's the problem? Then they related that problem. Minister says, no problem. Take my elephant, okay? Take it. So now they have 18 elephants. And so the eldest son took half of them, so nine. The second son took one third, six. The third son took one ninth, two. So nine plus six plus two, seventeen. Still there, the eighteenth elephant was fair. This fellow took it back and then went away. So this is how, just as the eighteenth elephant is introduced in order to solve a given problem, and so also to solve the problem of perception of this universe. Solve the problem of the duality. Solve the problem of creation. So all these problems are there. And since the student who approaches the teacher naturally is, is, is concerned, is pain perhaps and has fought and, and all kinds of conflicts are there. And naturally the world is responsible for all my problems. And therefore an explanation for the world has to be given. Then the student understands, okay, now I understand. And once he understands, then all right, he can drop and he can focus his attention to that which is reality. So anyway, the concept of Maya is introduced in order to explain how the superimposition of the universe comes about. But moment you talk of Maya, the next question is, so we said that Brahman is advitiyam or non-dual. In order to prove the, that Ananda is one without, I mean it's complete, that brought the problem of creation, so we said alright, it is Maya, which brings about the superimposition. Then the question is, now you have Brahman and then you have Maya. That means there are two factors, and therefore you are talking of duality. Nanu, 
आनंदात्म अतिरिक्ताया मायाया अभिवगमे द्वैतापत्ति इफ यू से दैट देर इज माया विच इज अदर देन आनंद और ब्रह्म इन दैट केस यू विल हैव टू एक्सेप्ट द ड्यूआलिटी बिकॉज ब्रह्म इज वन प्रिंसिपल एंड माया इज अनदर प्रिंसिपल सो नाउ दैट यू आर टॉकिंग अबाउट अ पावर कॉल माया एंड इफ दिस माया इज समथिंग इंडिपेंडेंट ऑफ ब्रह्म then you will have two separate two independent entities and therefore dvaitapattihi that is this apatti or the occasion of duality iti asankhya so what will vedantin say tasyaha anirvachaniyatvena anutattvam vaktum vedantin say that the relationship between brahma and maya is anirvachaniya meaning is non definable we saw this in viveka chudamani sannapya sannapya bhayatmikano भिन्नाप्य भिन्नाप्य भयात्मिकानो सांगाप्य नंगाप्य भयात्मिकानो महाद्भुतानिर्वचनीय रूपा क्वेश्चन इज 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 माया रियल और इज देर और नॉट देर सो टेक द केस ऑफ अ रोप स्नेक आज इज क्वेश्चन इज अ स्नेक देर और नॉट यू कैनॉट से द स्नेक इज नॉट बिकॉज हेड इज नॉट मीन यू वुड नॉट हैव परसिव इट you cannot say the snake is because if it is then of course it should always be there when you when you show the torch light the snake is not there since when the torch light is shown there the snake is not there you cannot say that it is there however since you perceive the snake so you cannot say it is not there so sanna pasanna you cannot say it is there nor can you say it is not there nor can you say it is there and not there because two contradictory things cannot be भिन्ना पे भिन्ना पे भयात्मिकानो वुड यू से दैट द स्नेक इज सेपरेट फ्रॉम द रोप और स्नेक इज वन विद द रोप इफ द स्नेक इज सेपरेट फ्रॉम द रोप देन द स्नेक एंजॉय द सेपरेट एग्जिस्टेंस इन विच केस ए रियल स्नेक बट द फैक्ट दैट इट डिसअपियर्स वेन यू शो द टॉर्च राइट यू कैनॉट से दैट इट इज रियल देयर वुड यू से दैट द स्नेक इज वन विद द रोप If the snake is not separate from the rope, would you say that the snake is identical to rope? We can't say that because we are able to perceive the rope independently without the snake. So the snake can be completely negated. So you cannot say that the snake is identical to the rope, and you cannot say the snake is separate from the rope. You, what is the relationship between the rope and the snake? Anirvachaniya, that which cannot be categorized. So Vedantin's one answer to everything is Anirvachaniyam. and that is exactly what the scientists tell us today that everything is anirvachaniyam is it particle is it wave is it mass is it velocity momentum what is it all anirvachaniyam so probabilities and all these in this language they express anirvachaniyatvam tasyaha anirvachaniyatvena anurutattvam vaktum that is maya is not a real entity it is anurutta meaning it is unreal and therefore it does not count as second as we said the other day that when you made 100000 ornaments from gold when you count gold how all the ornaments get counted and similarly also because the names and forms do not stand apart from the substance what you call ornament is nothing but gold with a name and form but remove the gold from the ornament do the name and form remain independent of that no the names and forms also disappear and therefore Maya, just as a name and form, is not separate from the gold, so also Maya does not enjoy an existence separate from Brahma. Therefore, it cannot be counted as second. And therefore, introduction of this concept of Maya does not bring in duality. 
Now in order to say this, first of all what the author does, Uttaratra Vakshimanayaha Lokikyaha Agnyadi Shaktehe Tavad Bhedena Abhedeneva Nirvaktum Ashakyatum Darshati. We say that, what is the relationship between Shakti and Shaktiman? Shaktiman, one possessed of power. Shakti means the power. What is the relationship between the power and the powerful? Does that power stand apart from the one who possesses the power? Or is that power identical to the one possessing the power? Or what is the relationship between them? So, we find that even that also we cannot determine. And in order to show this is the next verse here. Shakti Shaktat Prathangnasti Shakti Shaktat Prathangnasti Tadvadrushter Nachabhida Tadvadrushter Nachabhida Pratibandasya Drushtatvad Pratibandasya Drushtatvad Shakti Bhave to Kasyasaha Shakti Bhave to Kasyasaha Shakti Shaktat Prasangnasti Tadvad Drushtehe Shakti the power Shaktat from the one possessed of the power Prasangnasti it is not separate Tadvad Drushtehe because that is how we see Shakti Agnyadinishta Sphutadi Janika Shakti Shaktat Agnyadi Surupat Prasak Bhede Nasti. The example is given of fire and the power that the fire possesses. This fire is an example, illustration. Power, fire possesses a power. Our daha, it can burn. So sphota, it can also create the sound. So when the fire burns, then there is a, there is a sound also. Also, when the fire burns, it has the ability to burn, the power to burn. So let us say that the fire has the power to burn. So there is fire which is the substance, or the one possessed of that power, and then there is a burning power which is the power of the fire. So fire and the burning power. What is the relationship between them? Number one, we say that the burning power is not separate from fire. Because we never see burning taking place where fire is not. Agni Surupat Prasak Bhedena Nasti. We say that this burning power is not separate from fire. Kutahaiti. Why do you say that? Because Tadvat Drishtehe. Tadvat Tathatvasya Bhedena Asatvasya Drishtehe Darshanad. Agnyadi Surupat Rekena Anupal Bhimanatvadityartaha. We find that the burning power never obtains independent of fire. Where fire is not, there is no burning. So can you ever find that some burning happens without the fire? The burning power is not separate from fire. If burning power were separate from the fire, then burning can take place without the fire also. So we say that the burning power is not separate from fire because we never see burning taking place independent of fire. Or there is no burning power where the fire is not. 
So burning power is not found to be there without the fire. So the burning power is not separate from fire. <coughs> All right. Napi agnyadi surupameva shaktihi. Would you then say that the power to burn is identical to fire? So these are all the arguments of the Yayikas. Vedantins really don't accept the separation between the power and the powerful or the quality of the substance. But at the moment we are accepting the position of the Nyayikas or the Vaisheshikas who accept that the power is different from the one possessed of the power. So we are just using their arguments here. Nor can we say that the power to burn is identical to fire. Meaning where the fire is, that the power to burn must necessarily be there, is not so. Where the burning power is, the fire must necessarily be there. But where the fire is, the burning power may not even be there. Therefore we say that burning power cannot be said to be one with the fire. Nacha abhida, nacha abhida meaning abhida abhedopi nacha naiva. You cannot say that the fire and the burning power are non-separate. That also you cannot say. That the burning power is not separate because burning power does not obtain without the fire. You cannot say that the burning power is separate from fire. But nor can you say that burning power is one with fire. Because you find the separation also. How do you find? Pratibandhasya drishtatva, the second line says, because we find sometimes pratibandha or obstruction. Mani mantra devihi shakti karyasya sphota dehe pratibandha darshanat svarupa atirikta shaktihi drishtavyayate abhipraya. Mani mantra devihi shakti karyasya sphota dehe pratibandha darshanat. Now this is all seen in India. In the instant time this must be quite prevalent. You can actually obstruct the burning power of fire by incantations or by Chandrakanta Mani. Even today also in India and in many other places also, in fact, these kind of uh, acts are performed where people walk on fire. People walk on fire. And some people known to me also have gone through this kind of experiences where on certain religious occasions, these people are asked to perform fast for 15 days and do some mantra japa or whatever it is. On the 15th day, in public, some festival takes place where they light the fire and this will walk over the fire. Nothing happens to them. That shows that there is something by which the burning power of burning the fire is obstructed. Fire is there, you can see that, and still it does not burn. Pratibandhasya drushtatva. So since we find that fire is there, and still it does not burn. Therefore, we say that the fire, the power to burn is separate from fire. Why separate? Because fire is there and still the power is not there. Therefore, we say that the power to burn is not one identical to fire, at least. It is not identical to fire. You cannot say that it is separate from fire, nor can you say it is identical to fire. <coughs> Bhavatu Pratibandha Darshanam Shaktehe Bhedo Bhimabhut Kodoshah Just a question is asked. Alright, suppose this kind of an obstruction, the burning power is seen. But then we say that Shaktehe Bhedo Bhimabhut But still, why can it not be that the burning power is still one with the fire? Why can it not be? 
बिकॉज शक्ति भावे तो कस्य सहमरी सेज देर इज नो सेपरेट शक्ति फायर डज नॉट हैव ए पावर टू बर्न दिस देर इज फायर सपोज वेन यू फाइंड देर इज एन ऑब्स्ट्रक्शन दावर ऑफ बर्निंग बर्निंग पावर इज नॉट देर तो शक्ति अभाव है तो कस्य सॉइंट इज दैट वेन द फायर इज बर्निंग एंड बिकॉज ऑफ दिस सडन चैंटिंग और बिकॉज ऑफ द इफेक्ट ऑफ सडन मर्निंग वेन द फायर डज नॉट बर्न दैचुरली देर इज ऑब्स्ट्रक्शन इफ यू डोंट एक्सेप्ट बर्निंग पावर विच इज ऑब्स्ट्रक्टेड देन वॉट इज ऑब्स्ट्रक्टेड वॉट इज दिस इनकैंटेशन ऑफ दिस मनी डन इट मस्ट इज ऑब्स्ट्रक्टेड समथिंग एंड वैट समथिंग दैट इज ऑब्स्ट्रक्टेड इज द पावर ऑफ द फायर प्रत्यक्ष सिद्ध से अग्निस्वरूप से प्रतिबंध असंभवाटी प्रतिबंधोपि निर्विशेषादिप्राय बर्निंग पावर इन फायर देन वॉट इज इट दैट दिस प्रतिबंध ऑब्स्ट्रक्शन इज डन इट डन एनीथिंग सो यू एक्सेप्ट दैट दैर इज दिस पावर ऑफ बर्निंग द फायर प्रोसेसिस विच इज ऑब्स्ट्रक्टेड बाय सच थिंग दिस मनी मंत्र एक्सेट्रा एंड दैट बींग द केस यू कैनोट से पावर इज वन विद फायर बिकॉज फायर कैन ऑप्टेन विदाउट दैट पावर ऑल्सो no can you say that the power is separate from fire because fire power is never seen as independent of fire you never seen burning taking place without the fire so you can't say it is bhinna separate nor can you say abhinna non separate what will you say anirvachaniya so thus here the author shows how the power the relation of power and the powerful or the one possessed with the power is anirvachaniya or is indefinable indescribable <coughs> well the same point is clarified further nanu atindriyayaha shaktehe katham pratibandho avagantum shakyate iti ashankyaah see fire is something that is evident to the perception to the eyes but that burning power is not evident see fire you can see you cannot see the burning power so how do you say that the burning power is obstructed because you don't see it when you don't see something how do you know that it is obstructed so the question is you are saying that this money or the mantra are able to obstruct the burning power but can you see burning power no if you cannot see burning power how do you say that this money or the mantra have obstructed that and so that question is answered in the 12th verse शक्ते शक्ते अकार्ये अकार्ये कार्यानुमेयत्वाद अतिंद्रियाशक्ति यतः कार्यलिंगगम्य अतः अकार्ये प्रतिबंधनम सती अभी कार्यानुपत्तो सत्याम प्रतिबंधनम प्रतिबंध अवगम्य देदी शेष है वी से दैट 
the power inherent in a thing is only to be inferred from the effect that it produces. So power is inferred from the effect that is produced. Because we see an effect being produced, therefore we would say that there must be power. How? Uktamartham drishtanda pradashanena spashtari jvalatah agnehe adahe syad mantradi pradibundata. Same example. Lokes swarupena jvalatah agnehe sakashat dahadi lakshane kare anupadhyamane sati. Normally the fire burns, but when that burning power is obstructed, we find the fire is not able to burn. So from that we infer that there is a power called burning power in the fire. That the burning takes place and from that we infer the existence of burning power in the fire. And also, the obstruction of that fire takes place, um, obstruction of that power takes place and there we find absence of burning. So this enable us to see or infer the existence of burning power in fire. So fire is evident, perceptible, the burning power is not perceptible, so burning power is something that infer from the presence or absence of the effect. Dahadi lakshane kari anupadhyamane sati mantradi pratibandata mantradi nam shakti pratibandakatum sayaditya And thus when you find that the burning power is obstructed, we realize that the money of the mantra have the capability of obstructing the power and thus we infer the existence of power from the effect. Okay, so these two verses were devoted to showing how there is what we call shakti or the power, that's all. Ittam laukika shaktim sarupadha pramanatascha upadnyasya In this manner, the author has shown how there is laukika shakti meaning how the various substances in the world have certain powers. Like wind has a power to blow, fire has a power to burn, water has a power to wet or quench the thirst, Earth has a power to support. Thus everything has a power. Even rope also has a power to bind, a rope also has a power to project snake. Everything in the world is possessed of some power. And we infer the presence of that power. You see the substance alright, we don't see the power, but the existence of power is inferred from the effect that it creates. <coughs> so thus, laukika shaktim sarupataha pramanatascha upanyasya. How? That these substances in the world possess certain powers is shown by uh, Surupa, by its nature as well as by inference. Idani Maya Shakti Bada. Now, how do you say that there is power called Maya? Where did you learn that? See, inference alone is not acceptable. We must have Pramanam here. So Pramanam is Upanishad. So Upanishad says that Brahman is possessed of the Shakti called Maya. Te dhyana yoga nugata pasyan devatma shaktim svagunair nigudham. There is an Upanishad called Shweta Shvatar Upanishad, which specifically talks about the Maya Shakti. Mayam tu prakritam vidyad, mayanam tu maheshwaram. May you understand that the Maya is the material cause of this creation? Mayanam tu maheshwaram. And the Mai, the one possessed of the Maya, is called Maheshwara or the Lord. So great Lord is a Maya, we come, possessed of the power of Maya, and Maya is the material cause. And also say Shvetashvatar Upanishad, Te Dhyana Yoga Anugataha Apashyan. Those sages, Dhyana Yoga Anugataha, those sages when they attain a certain state of concentration of the mind, then Apashyan, they saw, what did they see? 
దేవాత్మశక్తిం స్వగుణై నిగుణం దేవాత్మశక్తిం పశ్యన్ ఇన్ఫాక్ట్ సో దేవాత్మశక్తిం దిస్ఫావర్ దాట్ ఇస్ మాయా స్వగుణై నిగుణం దిస్ పవర్ ఆఫ్ మాయా విచ్ ఇస్ ఆఫ్ ది సెల్ఫ్ విచ్ ఇస్ నార్మలీ హిడెన్ బిహైండ్ ది గుణాస్ ఆఫ్ ద మోడిఫికేషన్స్ ఆఫ్ సత్వ రజస్తమస్ సో ది రజస్తమస్ ది ఆబ్స్ట్రక్ట్ దిస్ మాయా శక్తి అండ్ దీస్ సేజెస్ who transcended these gunas rajas and tamas were able to see or experience that power of maya and thus this that the maya is is a matter of direct experience of certain sages and that is quoted in the shvetashvata upanishad and the next verse uh, explains that particular vakya so gives the meaning of that vakya దేవాత్మశక్తి స్వగుణై దేవాత్మశక్తి స్వగుణై నిగూఢమునయోదన నిగూఢమునయోదన్ పరాశక్తిర్వివిధ పరాశక్తిర్వివిధ క్రియాజ్ఞానబలాత్మిక క్రియాజ్ఞానబలాత్మిక దేవాత్మశక్తి స్వగుణై నిగూఢం మునయ అవిదన్ Avidan means the new, avindan, actually, actually, avindan, or avidan, yeah, the new. So, this munayaha, the sages, the new, the shakti or the power of deva, deva here means lord, or the self-affiligent lord, they saw that power of maya, sagunayhi nigudham, which actually was nigudham, which was hidden in the very modifications of maya. Parasya shaktihi vividha, parasya shaktihi. పరాశక్తి వివిధ ఆఫ్ దిస్ లార్డ్ ది పరాశక్తి ఆఫ్ ద సుప్రీం పవర్ ఇస్ వివిధ ఇస్ మెనిఫోల్డ్ క్రియా జ్ఞాన బలాత్మిక దిస్ మాయా హ్యాస్ క్రియాశక్తి జ్ఞానశక్తి ఇచ్ఛాశక్తి దిస్ ఇస్ అ వెరీ మెనిఫోల్డ్ పవర్ దాట్ దిస్ మాయా ఆఫ్ దిస్ గ్రేట్ లార్డ్ హ్యాస్ అండ్ దిస్ ఇస్ వాట్ ద సేజ్ ఇస్ సో దట్ దర్ ఈస్ ఎ పవర్ కాల్ మాయా విచ్ ఈస్ రెస్పాన్సిబుల్ ఫార్ ద సూపర్ ఇంపోజిషన్ ఆఫ్ ద యూనివర్స్ అపాన్ బ్రహ్మ <clears throat> okay we'll continue this tomorrow om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva avashishyate om shante 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 శంకరం శంకరాచార్యం కేశవం బాదరాయణం సూత్రభాష్యకృతౌ వందే భగవంతౌ పునఃపునఃశ్వరో గురురాత్మేది మూర్తిభేద విభాగినే వ్యోమవ్యాప్తేహాయ దక్షిణామూర్తయే నమ శాంతేశాంతేశాంతి హరి ఓ శ్రీ గురుభ్యో నమ హరి ఓ